FlexJobs is the number one job site to find remote, work from home, and flexible job opportunities since 2007. Find a better way to work at FlexJobs.com. As we think about the job search, these are the big key steps from start to finish. So analysis, exploration, research, putting together an action plan. Of course, you'll have interviews. You'll talk about salary and negotiation, and then maybe you have to resign a job that you're currently in. Uh, So this webinar is going to touch on each of those steps briefly, almost like an FAQ of the steps of the job search. So you can start working your way through each of them or uh, adjusting what you're already doing if you are somewhere in the middle of of this process. Um, We do have many more uh, webinars that go more in depth into certain things like salary negotiation, interviewing, putting together an action plan for your job search. We have that information there that is designed to go more in depth. This is more of a high level overview of the steps that you need to know to put together uh, a job search from start to finish. All right. So as I said, the first step we'll talk about is analysis and exploration. So it's really important to set your expectations. The first thing you want to do is set the the expectations that you have for your job search. Many people um, are surprised by how long it can take to find a job. Uh, You can expect the job search process to take an average of three to six months for most people. And generally, the higher the expected salary, the longer the job search process uh, could take. The latest statistics from the U.S. Bureau of Labor and Statistics uh, said an average job search or the average time a person remains unemployed is just over 19 weeks or about nine months. So right in that average of three to six months. And if you're making a career change, the first step in in your process is to assess your values, interests, and skills. Whether you're changing careers or not, you will want to determine what kind of work culture you want the future company that you work for to have. For example, do you want there to be a heavy focus on teamwork, meetings, collaboration? Is a culture of giving back to the community important to you? It's important to really have an understanding of yourself and what you're looking for. In terms of making a career change, there are some different assessments you can take to help you discover occupations of interest. Some quick and free ones can be found at careeronestop.org. Another thing you can do is ask yourself thought-provoking questions, including what are you trying to get away from in your current role, and what would you like your ideal day to be like? Oftentimes, it can help to speak to other people who are close to you and see what they think you're good at, too. Sometimes our view of ourselves can really be different from how other people see us. So getting their information about you from them uh, would be helpful or can be. All right. Uh, As you perform this self-analysis and your self-analysis through what your next steps might be, the next thing you will want to do as you're gathering this information is explore different industries and occupations that you may be interested in. You can find a wealth of information on sites like ONET, the Occupational Outlook Handbook at bls.gov. And as I mentioned earlier, Career One Stop is another really great resource. Another great way to explore different occupations is, again, to talk to people who are doing that type of work already. 
This is called doing informational interviews, and it's basically just a fancy name for gathering some more information. Ideally, you would want to speak with people in occupations and companies of interest, and if you can find people in occupations at the companies of interest, that's even better. Uh, Also, pretty much anything can be found on YouTube, so that is another great area to gain information about career fields, and as of late, chat GPT and Google Bard have been some tools and resources that have been helpful for job seekers uh, throughout each stage in the job search process. And certainly the exploration phase uh, can be really helpful too. All right, so once you've done yourself Uh, analysis and your occupational analysis, you've gathered some information and now you want to start researching. And usually this comes in the form of researching companies. And one of the most effective ways to conduct a job search is to research and identify the companies you want to work for. Do your research on what companies hire in your chosen career field. And a few places that you can look at companies are on the slide, Flex jobs, of course. There is a research companies tab that you can search uh, by different company lists, uh, different company accolades, and different locations and job categories. Dun and Bradstreet is a website. Uh, you do need to pay for it, but I will say a lot of libraries will give you this resource for free if you have a library card. So you can look at Dun and Bradstreet. LinkedIn, most companies do have a LinkedIn page. And what's nice about LinkedIn is it will give you uh, other companies that are similar to the ones that you are looking at. So then you can help expand your list if you need to. Uh, interestingly, some of you may not have thought of this is certainly what's helpful for me, uh, when I learned about it, but Google maps is a simple way to find out what companies hire in your industry in a certain location, uh, because you can Google it, uh, but also putting, for example, something like it companies near me into Google maps can give you the names of companies in your local area. If you're open to or looking to work in person or in a hybrid type role. One other thing to consider are professional associations and chambers of commerce. They really can offer some great leads of companies that have an affiliation with that organization. So researching companies and creating a targeted list enables your job search to be focused and targeted. It eliminates some of the non-effective job search Uh, strategies or steps of applying to, you know, if you're just applying to hundreds and hundreds of jobs on job boards and seeing what sticks, um, that approach doesn't always work or doesn't work quickly. This way, if you're targeting companies, you will be more knowledgeable about how your skills and your values align with the organization, and you will be better able to convey that information in your job search documents or materials and during your interviews. Okay, so we've done some of the legwork in your job search already with these first three steps, and now it's time to put together an action plan. And the time it takes to get from the beginning to the action plan stage really varies for a lot of people. It could be a couple days, it could be a couple weeks. If you're currently employed and you are looking for a job in the margins, it might be a month or more. You know, this is really a self-paced activity. All right. So for um, the action plan, you will want to update um, 
your materials. And once you've identified your top companies, hopefully you're going to start to feel a sense of excitement about the prospect of maybe having the opportunity to work there. And this feeling should, will hopefully help drive you to update these materials to reflect on why you're an ideal candidate and fit for the organization. Of course, uh, for pretty much any job, uh, you will need to create a resume or submit a resume. The key ingredient here is to create a targeted resume for that particular job, highlighting your transferable skills and achievements. So you will adjust this every time you apply to a job. The same with a cover letter. Some companies do require them. Some don't want a cover letter and will tell you if that's the case. And others say cover letter optional. Whatever they say, you should be prepared on how to write a compelling cover letter uh, for your next employer and for the jobs that you apply to. Updating your LinkedIn profile. So when an employer reads your resume and cover letter, they're likely to move to digital channels like LinkedIn, and they're going to look for your LinkedIn profile. So make sure your profile is up to date. It aligns with your resume, and you can also include more information on your LinkedIn profile, including special projects, uh, many more skills, volunteerism, and work samples. Finally, social media. It's a good idea to go through your other social media platforms and make sure you either take down anything that could be deemed inappropriate or at least adjust your privacy settings. Networking is something we need to talk about when it comes to a job search. It's really the secret sauce of getting an opportunity to interview at your targeted company. The number one way people obtain jobs is by networking. And I'm sure you've all heard the expression, it's not what you know, it's who you know. And if I asked, in fact, I will ask, how many of you have ever found a job uh, through someone you know before or through networking? And if you want, go ahead and put it in the chat. Um, and if not, that's fine too. But it is something that you do want to have as part of your job search strategy. Make connections with people inside your companies of interest using LinkedIn to network with them Um this way, you when the time comes and you submit your application, you know someone who can either pass along your resume or make your name known to the recruiter or hiring manager. Oftentimes, companies do have referral programs for uh, new hires, and so people are willing to do this kind of thing. Um, tell your family and friends, don't neglect letting them know what you're doing, even acquaintances that you are in the job market. If people don't know that you are looking and what you are looking for, they won't be able to help you, but they are willing to. We talked about informational interviews a little while ago, and not only do they help you gather information about the job and the company, they really are one of the best networking tools. Um, we had a former employee at FlexJobs uh, who was hired. Um, they moved on to other opportunities, but they were hired uh, based on an informational interview that they did several years ago. So doing that informational interview and staying in touch with people beyond that time can really lead to opportunities uh, in the immediate or distant future. Once you've targeted your companies, make sure you follow them on social media, LinkedIn, Twitter, if you're on those platforms, liking and commenting on their posts. This increases your visibility. And then, of course, keep in contact uh, when you're networking with people. It's not a one-way street and you want to work to develop these relationships and keep in touch with the people you meet um, and try to provide value to them as well. 
Okay. So hopefully you've built your network and have some solid referrals into the company. And now it's time to fill out that application and submit your updated materials. After you hit the submit button, it might feel like you've handed your fate to a computer or to an absolute stranger. Although this can be true, there are things you can do to help yourself. Try finding the recruiter or hiring person on LinkedIn, or better yet, ask your connection if you've got them. Send a follow-up email on your application after about seven to 10 days of submitting submitting it to make sure they've received your materials and let them know if they need anything else, you're happy to provide it and you're really excited about the position. We recommend to keep yourself organized to keep track of your applications. Make note of when you applied, when you followed up, and any other pertinent details about the company or the job. We have a great job tracker that can be downloaded and you can use that if it works for you in our library. Um, And we will link that and include it in the resources that we send um, after uh, today's session when we send the recording to all of you to your email. All right. So now (laughs) I know this seems like we're going through this each step quickly, which um, I said that we would do. Uh, But after you apply to some jobs, the next logical step would be interviewing. So congratulations. You've applied. You've been called into the interview. And so now it's time to prepare for this step. Our number one recommend recommendation is to never go into an interview without doing preparation on the company, um, you know, and the people that are interviewing you to the degree that you can. So take the time to research the company, know their values, their mission, any recent findings from the news, and don't forget to study the position you are applying for. Know exactly what is needed so you can align yourself your experiences, and your achievements properly. Uh, A little side note here, when you apply to a job, I would save the job description on your computer or print it off. Oftentimes, once a company starts interviewing, they take the job posting down. And as you're perfect, I've been in situations before where I've wanted to prepare for an interview and the job posting wasn't there. So if you save it, you'll have it when you need to prepare. Understand your resume. Hopefully you're well aware of what's there uh, because you've just recently updated it and you've targeted it to the role, but prepare to defend everything that you've written. And if you can't defend it, it probably shouldn't be included in the first place. Practice using the STAR method to prepare your interview questions. And STAR stands for Situation, Task, Action, and Results. This format can be and should be used unless you're told otherwise, for behavioral-based questions. Questions that start with, tell me about a time when, as an example. You want to make sure you test your technology ahead of the interview because you don't want to come uh, prepared for the interview and then have the technology get in the way of a successful uh, first impression. Check your background if it's a video interview to make sure that it is tidy and professional. Sometimes a virtual background you might choose to do, but sometimes they can also kind of be a little bit funny in terms of when you move around and what happens with your hair and your clothes, depending on what color you're wearing. So um, you have to take care in that decision as well. All right. So after the interview, and just because it's over doesn't mean your work is done. Sometimes the, the, the way to seal the deal happens after the interview. And that is when you make sure you send a thank you email within 24 hours. Um, It's essential that you get the information or the contact information or business cards of your interviewer. So you have that so that you can follow up. 
If you don't land the job, of course it's disappointing, but don't let that stop you from being cordial and responding to their email. Thank them for their time and that you enjoyed learning more about them, the company, and the position. Highlight how you're really still interested in the company if any other opportunities come come available that you would like to be kept in mind. Some people recommend asking for feedback. If you feel comfortable, go for it, but no, you might not always get it. It's rare to get it. So you can ask for it. And some employers are going to be reluctant to disclose this information. But if they do, it might be helpful knowledge for you for future roles. Um, Also, you might find out that it was nothing you did. They could have hired somebody internally or stopped hiring for the position altogether, which sometimes happens, unfortunately. All right. So in the interview, let's say you get a job offer and you have to negotiate your salary. And when it comes to salary, knowledge is power. Believe it or not, employers expect you to know the salary you want and to negotiate. So the first step in these negotiations is to know your worth. There are several great websites that will give you an idea of the salary range based on occupation, location, years of experience, and more. Those are on the slides. And if you don't know what you're worth and what you should be getting paid, you could be leaving thousands of dollars each year on the table and think of what that could add up to throughout your career and your lifetime. So make sure you know and do some research before going into a negotiation. And finally, if you've made it through your interviews and accepted the job offer, all the negotiations are final, then final step is to resign from your current position. If you've been with an employer that you haven't been particularly fond of, do yourself a favor and resign gracefully. Do not burn bridges. Even if you have hard feelings, resign gracefully and professionally. You can do this by requesting a face-to-face meeting or video meeting if you're remote, but if that's not possible, you can certainly send a note via email. Once you've notified your employer, make sure you wrap up loose ends to help make the transition as smooth as possible. If you have enough time before your last day, you can offer to train the person who will be replacing you. And finally, answer the exit interview questions professionally. Provide helpful and useful feedback, not negative, but constructive, so they can improve with future employees. All right, here are these action steps for what you can take for your job search. These are all the steps we just talked about. Exploration, analysis, researching companies, putting together your action plan, preparing for interviews, researching salaries, and resigning gracefully. These are the steps that you'll have uh, in your job search. So as we move into questions, just a quick reminder, we will be sending you a recap email with these slides um, and any resources if you um, with the slides that are on the recording. Um, if you have any um, other uh, questions or needs about your job search, please go ahead and go to the flexjobs.com blog um, you, where you will find just a, a lot of information about any part of your job search that goes more in depth into each of these steps. All right, let's see what we have. My name is Keith Spencer, and I'm one of our career experts here at FlexJobs, and I will be answering your questions for you today. So let's go ahead and dive into our first question. Uh, This person is asking, do we need to add a LinkedIn link on our resume? Uh, They have heard from some recruiters that applicant tracking systems don't like any external links on the resume. What's your take on this? So I have never heard that from recruiters, and I have been using my LinkedIn uh, URL on my resume since about 2014 and have never run into any issue with that. Um, That being said, 
couple tips on including your LinkedIn URL on your resume, which I think is a good idea. You know, if you've fully built out your, your uh, LinkedIn profile, you know, you have it optimized for uh, your roles of interest and your, your industry of choice, you know, directing people's attention to your LinkedIn is a good idea. Um, so a couple things here, I would recommend placing it within your uh, contact information, you know, directly uh, under your name or a line or two under your name where you would also have, you know, your, your city and state, uh, you know, your email address, your, your cell phone number, things like that. Um, you know, put your URL in that area. Um, now, just because you include the link to your LinkedIn profile does not mean that it has to be hyperlinked. It's possible that that's what the recruiter that you heard this from meant that, you know, if you actually have it as a clickable link where it would you then take you directly to your LinkedIn profile, maybe that could create some issues. So when you put your link in there, if it shows up as as blue and, you know, underlined, you could right click on it and then remove the hyperlink. That means that, you know, they could still use that link by copying and pasting it into a web browser, but it's no longer a hyperlinked clickable link. So that could potentially be what they were talking about there. But I, like I said, always recommend including your LinkedIn URL uh, on your resume. It's a good idea to make sure you've customized your LinkedIn URL. You know, the default is to, uh, you know, have a bunch of, or end the URL with a bunch of numbers and letters. <clears throat> so go to your profile and customize your URL. Uh, like mine is, you know, ends with Keith R. Spencer. Uh, so, you know, that would be my recommendation. Customize it, include it on there. And then if you're worried about it, you know, maybe not uh, working well with ATS, uh, you know, then you could unhyperlink it for perhaps. But good question. And thank you for asking that. Okay, so uh, this next question here is, uh, you know, discussing something that I think a lot of us can relate to, you know, not being able to financially uh, survive a multi-month job hunt. Uh, and, you know, over time that could end up that you mean with a, or you, excuse me, could mean that you end up with a resume that is filled with uh, jobs that, you know, aren't necessarily uh, related to your, your career or your field of choice um, or, you know, result in you being, you know, sort of underemployed. So good question. I think this is something that a lot of us can relate to. Uh, and so a couple tips here, you know, there is absolutely no shame in taking, you know, sort of a, an in-between job. You know, if you, if you find yourself out of work for one reason or another, and you just want to find a role to help you kind of, uh, you know, pay the bills and your financial obligations until you find something that's more aligned with your interests and your, your experience and where you want your career to go, no shame in taking that in-between job. Now, just because you maybe have had some of these in-between jobs, as I called them uh, before, you know, doesn't mean you necessarily need to include them on your resume, you know, or you could uh, kind of combine them into one entry. Uh, so, you know, if I was, let's say hypothetically, uh, you know, I was uh, laid off and I spent a year working, you know, two in-between jobs while also job searching for something that I uh, was more aligned with my, my skills and experience and interests. I could combine those two in-between jobs uh, and just name it something like, um, you know, part-time temporary role, uh, list the two employers, uh, and then just describe, you know, took, took a, uh, 
temporary position uh, while actively researching and, and identifying top companies to apply for uh, and, to, and top open roles or something like that. Uh, and then maybe have another bullet point where I describe some of the, the good things that I did gain from those roles. Because, you know, even these roles that we're talking about that aren't related to your, your career of choice, you still are learning and honing transferable skills. So, you know, your ability to communicate with others and work with the team and manage your time and be organized and solve problems. Like, you know, yes, you may have been uh, like waiting tables or or working in a call center or something like that. You don't know, need to go into the minutia of the exact responsibilities that you had, but you could have a bullet point or two for some of these in-between jobs where you are, you know, emphasizing those transferable skills, which are going to be valuable. Uh, for a potential employer in the future. So that would be my recommendation. You know, you could kind of uh, combine them together. Um, maybe you could, you know, have it listed as a career break instead, and then just mention that you had uh, a part-time role or two uh, while, you know, researching and identifying and applying to, to positions. Um, but yeah, I, you know, like I said, there's, there's absolutely no shame in having that type of a uh, in-between job while you're searching for something else. Uh, and you can, you know, kind of leverage it to your advantage if you're emphasizing those transferable skills. So hopefully that was helpful or there was at least something helpful in there for you. Uh, and I do appreciate you asking that question. Okay, so another good question here. Um, so this one is related to, you know, the advice that you should primarily, you know, only include in your professional experience section on your resume, the last 10 to 15 years uh, worth of work experience. But this person is asking, you know, what if experience beyond that range is the most relevant experience that you want to highlight in your job search? So, you know, you had a, a job that, uh, or a type of job that maybe you're kind of going back to that field or something like that, or it really resonates with some of the jobs that you want to apply for. couple things that you can do here. Uh, the first option would be, you know, to adopt sort of a uh, a hybrid format for your resume. You know, you typically have a, uh, you know, a, a chronological and then sort of a, a uh, practical kind of uh, format that you could choose there uh, with your resume. The chronological ones, you're just listing things in, in reverse chronological order. The, uh, you know, other option is to kind of list things uh, based on, you know, their relevance to, to different positions. Most recruiters and hiring managers expect to see a chronological resume. So I do recommend kind of sticking with that format, but then you could inject some of the, the hybrid, you know, make it kind of a, a merge between the two different styles and in your, you know, professional, or excuse me, professional summary section, uh, or maybe directly after it, you could incorporate like a highlighted attributes or highlighted contribution section where you're pulling in some of those earlier things that you did that are going to be highly relevant to this role that you're applying for. It, it allows you to kind of uh, separate your best accomplishments from those earlier roles and bring them to the forefront so it catches the recruiter hiring manager's attention more you know easily uh, then you could either do this as a uh, alternative to that option or in addition to it you could after your professional experience section create an additional related experience section where you have you know one maybe two max uh, roles that are outside that 10 to 15 year range and you have you know two to three bullet points just describing the most relevant 
uh, and impactful things that you did as they relate to that specific job. So that helps you get that, <clears throat> excuse me, get that earlier experience on there, showcase it a little bit more prominently, uh, but still be sticking to some of those uh, kind of standards that you you want to try to adhere to, you know, the 10 to 15 year range and the chronological format. So hopefully that was helpful for you. Um, I will point out in the resources tab, uh, that first one that says, you know, FlexJobs maintains this library of samples, templates, and scripts. So within there, you will see some sample resumes. And I believe it is uh, the number five in those samples has that kind of high or hybrid uh, format that I mentioned with the highlighted contribution. So if you wanted to see what that looked like, make sure that you check out those samples and that could be helpful for you. But very good question there. And I appreciate you taking the time to ask that. Okay, so uh, another good question here. Um, you know, this person has uh, heard the advice that, you know, it's better to not apply through, you know, job search boards, uh, but instead only apply directly through the company website. You know, what are your thoughts on this? Uh, so yeah, you know, that can kind of vary situation to situation. Um, what I typically do, I first will make sure I read the posting carefully because some employers, not all, will include some type of direction on how they want you to apply. So, you know, on some job boards, there are, you know, just that button where you apply right on the job board, but maybe they didn't want you to do that. And they put that in the directions. You always want to make sure that you are following their directions. Uh, now, other employers do like to know if they're getting, you know, a good sort of return on investment with where they're posting jobs. So some of them might want you to apply through the site. Uh, but typically, you know, I make sure to first look that I'm following their directions. Uh, then I will go to their company website and see, you know, is it on the hiring page? If it is, yes, then I will go ahead and apply to it through that company website. And sometimes the job search boards will just link you directly to the company website. So, you know, try to, try to, I guess what I'm saying is try to look for some, some cues and some hints on where they might want you to apply. If you're not getting any cues or hints, you could then, you know, just go to the company website and apply through there. 